it's not just talking cards. It's a collection conversation with the pros. This is Off Center with Tony Reed. Hey, welcome back. Episode 35 of Off Center with Tony Reed in the Chad Evans studio. How about it? The office, the this, corner office. Does this in, have an official name? No. Oh. It's eight days a week studio. Well, yeah. But uh, no. It doesn't have, <laughs> we'll have a, it doesn't that. have an official name yet. We do have to work on that. We'll have to work on that. Yeah. In the meantime. <laughs> yeah, for Ken sure. Ken Dilger episode, episode Here 35. Here we go. Dilger, yeah. baby. Mariah Hill, Indiana native. Ken Dilger was a multi-sport star in high school, of course, as many of these cats were at Lincoln City. Uh, he was the star quarterback on the football field and excelled in basketball and baseball, the big three. He took his skill set to the University of Illinois to contribute on the gridiron. I uh, redshirted his freshman year, became a four-year letter winner and a three-year starter after transitioning from quarterback to tight end. Uh, he was named All-Big Ten Honorable Mention in 91 and second-team All-Big Ten in 94. I graduated with a degree in marketing, drafted in the second round by the Indianapolis Colts in 95. Uh, he spent seven seasons in Indy and then the last three in Tampa Bay. He was an All-Pro in 2001, won a Super Bowl ring with the Bucks there towards the end of his career. Finished his career with over 300 catches, 4,000 yards, and 24 touchdowns. Uh, he's 51. He lives in Indianapolis now. He's a mortgage loan officer. There you go. If, if you're playing the where is he now <laughs> game, there, there he is. Um, I caught up to him to talk about signing autographs at a young age. Uh, some strange things he's signed over the years. Tupperware containers full of his own cards. <laughs> And much more. So without further ado, here's the interview with Ken Dilger. Pro bowler, Mr. Ken Dilger. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for taking some time. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, so the obvious place to start, like I like to talk about collectibles and things like that. You, you know, you're a high-level athlete, even in college at Heritage Hills, obviously, or at high school, excuse me, at Heritage Hills, college at Illinois, of course, and obviously as a pro. Do you remember the first time you were asked for your autograph? And if so, could you share the story? Oh, boy. Uh, that's a great question. I, uh... Or maybe the first you remember. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it probably had to be in uh, high school, um, you know, playing three sports in high school and, you know, football, basketball, and baseball, and you have success uh, a lot of those sports, so I would assume it had to be in high school that uh, whether out and about or, you know, at a, uh, a team function, somebody asked for your autograph, but um, yeah, since then, I don't. Uh, yeah, good question. It's a, it's something I really haven't thought of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe this will will change the direction. Um, obviously playing for the Colts, playing for the Bucks. You know, you know, passionate fan bases in their own special way. Do you have a, a most memorable fan interaction or, or a story from from that realm that you could share with us? Oh gosh, uh, fan interaction. You know, I've signed a lot of things over the years. Um, you know, the hats, the jerseys, the footballs to pitchers, but a couple of odd things that I have signed is, you know, a golf ball is probably one of the hardest things to sign. <laughs> yeah, I so guess. Small. Yeah. But I, but I have signed the hood of a Colts fan's blue Chevy van years ago in Terre Haute. <laughs> nice. I was over there doing a uh, promotion, and this guy goes, hey, can I want you to sign my van? Of course, it was all painted with the horseshoe and the logo and stuff, and so I went out there and signed the hood of his van. <laughs> So, yeah, there's always some great stories like that. I wonder how you keep that nice, right? Depending on how many signatures and how long it takes. I don't know if you 
probably rusted out by now. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of cards, there's a database that, that will give this information. You have over 453 cards produced of you over the years. Your first being at Illinois, obviously, in 1992. I think the one local radio station put out a card. Then your rookie cards, of course, were in 1995. And, you know, Bowman and Upper Deck products and all that fun stuff. Right. Do you remember seeing yourself on a card for the first time? Yeah, I was actually, I think it was after my last year of college, in the, in, I guess the spring of 1995, my agent at the time, agent, uh, set me up with a couple card signings. And before... I think even before I got drafted, I signed some cards knowing that it was going to be a, like a future draft uh, card for whoever drafted me. That was back in God, the spring of 1995 before the draft. Maybe it was after, right after the draft. I can't remember. But, um, yeah, that was the first one. Uh, my, my first football card for the Colts, I had number 44 on because it was still in training camp. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that being said, I know the companies would send players a lot of cards and all kinds of stuff. Did you manage to hold on to anything like that over the years? And kind of as a follow-up to that with, with your you know decade-long career, do, do you have an, an office, a room, a man cave where you have anything like that displayed? Yeah, a uh, couple answers to your questions. Yeah, for every football card that we got the NFL Players Association would send us like a hundred of that card so I've got probably a two by three Tupperware thing about six inches deep of thousands of football cards <laughs> sitting in my basement um, then uh, my mom had a cousin from St. Louis that tried to collect every football card that I had. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and when he passed away a couple of years ago, he gave it to us. And I need to bring it out and see what he's missing to see if I complete the uh, collection. Yeah. Uh, you said there's, what, 463? Right around 453, 460, yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, so, but even to this day, once or twice a week, I still get football cards in the mail uh, for people, uh, for me to sign them. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because a lot of guys I talked to, especially during COVID and the shutdown, a lot of people were home and the card market went crazy and a lot of athletes were seeing like a spike in, in fan mail. Did you see the same thing? And do you still get, like you said, you get a few, do you get, do you get regular fan mail from, from people looking for autographs? Yeah, I do. Uh, it's probably picked up over the last couple of years. Uh, I think when people are at home, they try to get into certain things and you know, I think I think it's a great father-son type of a time to go through all the NFL and pick out your, your favorite players, buy some cards, and send them out to get them signed. And over the last two or three years, I've really gotten, like I said, probably one or two uh, cards a week to sign. Yeah, very cool. So going back to your childhood, did, did you did you collect cards, or if not, what what athletes inspired you? Like whose poster was on the wall, or who whose game did you have to see? Who 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 kind of captured your imagination as a kid? When I was a kid, I really didn't collect football cards. I collected baseball cards. Okay. Um, and so when I was growing up, I was a Rams fan, so I always had the TV on when I could to watch the Rams play because you know, back then there was only maybe three or four teams on TV on Sunday afternoons. I was either the Rams, the Steelers, or the Cowboys. And uh, me and my two older brothers all became 
a Rams fan, Cowboys fan, and a Pittsburgh fan. <laughs> One of each, right? <laughs> One of each, right? That's great. <laughs> so uh, now we're talking about inspirations, you know, once you became, you know, a star yourself and a professional athlete, were, were there different players that inspired you, maybe that you got to see up close and personal or even a, across the field? Were there other guys that you kind of turned to for inspiration at that point? Uh, in college or the NFL or yeah, wherever as as you became a, you know a big time player in your own right, yeah. You know what? Um, looking back, you know I think every NFL player, whether you're a first rounder or a third rounder or a fifth rounder, thinks that you know I've got to work extra hard to make it to the NFL. And it's, it's changed a little bit nowadays, but you know my first mini camp with the Colts, I was sitting on the sideline or standing on the sideline between plays between Jim Harbaugh and Marshall Falk. I'm like, <laughs> you know what? This is pretty cool. So it just kept growing from there. Yeah. When, when Peyton came to town and you had Edron and Marvin and uh, Reggie Wayne and you, know, you go down to Tampa, you play with all those great defensive guys down there. You know, at that point in my career, which is my eighth, ninth, and tenth year, you probably don't get too uh, excited about mm. certain players. Yeah. But it was, it was pretty in all of, you know, Mike Allstott and, Derek Brooks and John Lynch and uh, those type of players. Yeah, and uh, I know it's kind of a relatively new tradition, or maybe this next generation of players is doing it more than generations past, but the jersey swap is a big thing now. If you could go back to your career, stop anyone after a game, who would you stop and want to swap a jersey with? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, Yeah, uh, gosh, probably some of the – you know, it sounds odd that I would switch over with a defensive player, but God, when I was in the, in the mid to late 90s, I faced a lot of great defensive ends and defensive linebackers yeah. that just, even to this day, are still some of the best uh, in the NFL. Yeah, so the, another interesting thing I like to do, that, that kind of wraps up the one piece of the interview. A second piece I like to do, considering we're talking sports cards, memorabilia, and all that fun stuff, I actually went back, flipped over a few of your cards, and I have like a quick card back Q&A. We, we, we know how fun the, the tidbits of information you could find on some of those cards. So I'll just read the statement. You can give me your your opinion, your thought, your that whether it was true or not, and we'll kind of go from okay. there. <laughs> So your 95 Bowman rookie card stated that you were highly sought after high school quarterback and you were a civilian for a year after high school graduation before enrolling in college. So what did you do during your civilian year between high school and college? Yeah, so I graduated in uh, you know May of 1989 and I was a quarterback from a small school in a small area down in southwest Indiana. And you know most of the uh, max schools like Ball State, Indiana State, those type of teams offered me scholarships, but... Illinois was the only one uh, who gave me a, a scholarship offer in the Big Ten. Mm. And so when it came down to it, they said that you know, all of our scholarships were committed for uh, the fall of 1989, but come the spring of 1990, you would be our first player in that class. I'm like, uh, okay. Oh. So I, I set out that, that fall semester and coached seventh grade football at Marlowe High School. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. That's great. <laughs> so uh, the back of your 1996 Fleer card mentioned you know, that impressive production level that you had right out of the gate as, as a rookie, and it said that you quickly became one of quarterback Jim Harbaugh's, Harbaugh's favorite targets. Could you give us a little insight what it was like to play with Jim? Uh, well, Jim was in our starter in 1995. Uh, Craig Erickson was, and I think the second game of the year, 
uh, we were in New York and Craig was struggling a little bit and uh, Jim Harbaugh comes in maybe the third quarter I can't remember which quarter it was but uh, brought us back and won that game I think maybe in overtime and so I think that kind of gave Jim Harbaugh the name of Captain Comeback <laughs> and then uh, he, he caught me on a couple nice passes throughout the uh, season and you know, a lot of times he would just throw it up deep and I would go get it uh, that's why I kind of kind of Mention that comment. <laughs> I read another card back. He called you, I believe it was Kenny Franchise at one point. That made it to like three <laughs> or four of your cards, I think. <laughs> yeah, Jim was a, uh, a big, big fan of me. You know, when I was, you know, rookie, second, third year, uh, you know, you always franchise players or transition players, and he always said I would get the franchise tag, and that's why he called me <laughs> Kenny Franchise. That's funny. So one of your uh, 90s playoff absolute cards mentioned that, obviously, like we mentioned already, you were all-conference quarterback in high school, converted to tight end at the University of Illinois, of course. What what was that transition process like for you from quarterback to TE? It was a uh, long, tough transition because I came into college at 215 pounds, and you know, back in those days, you really didn't have much of a, a weightlifting program. Mm-hmm. And when I got to Illinois, I was working out with the uh, punters and kickers. And then uh, that next fall, I kind of slowly started moving up to the uh, the tight end group and working out with them. But, you know, I had to gain almost 30, 35 pounds before I could play in the Big Ten. And even then, it was it was tough to be big enough and strong enough to uh, to play in the Big Ten with those physical defensive ends. Mm. Interesting, interesting stuff. So many of, of your card backs early on in your career mentioned, especially second-year cards, mentioned you kind of bursting onto the scene. It was that 49ers game, that seven-catch, 125-yard game, you know, most cards, most yards by a Colt tight end, obviously, since Mackey back in 67, I believe. What are your memories from that game and, and just your, your kind of breakout rookie season right out of the gate? Yeah, it was just, uh, you know, one of those – one of those games where um, finally kind of got uh, into the rhythm of an offense. And, you know, for the first three or four games of the year, I really wasn't starting. And then I became a starter, I think, in, in week four. And I can't remember which game of the year that San Francisco game was, but you know, I think they were the defending champions. And we were just trying to get going as an offense for the Colts. And uh, it must have been one of those games where they forgot about me and I caught <laughs> the balls and got my first touchdown in that game. That's awesome, awesome. So the back of the your 2000 tops mentions, speaking of how the Colts offense changed over the course of your time there, it mentioned how loaded the offense was by 2000. Obviously, you had Harrison, I believe, was 96. The edge came in 99. Of course, Peyton was there in 98. The quote actually was from Peyton on the back of the card, and it said, Ken Dilcher is the most unselfish player I have ever played with. So just maybe a, a quick thought on your time with, with the sheriff there in Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a great time with uh, Peyton coming in because we knew he was going to be the uh, the leader for the Colts for a long time. And, you know, once you're in that offense and you have so many weapons around you, you know, you have Peyton, Edron, Marvin, then Reggie Wayne came in. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, there wasn't really a lot of balls to go around. So I knew if I was going to be in this offense, I had to uh, be a great run blocker, a great pass blocker. And, and I learned that from the, uh, the great – uh, late Howard Muddy that passed away about a year ago. He was one of the best offensive line teachers I ever had. He taught me a lot. and uh, He taught me how to block versus uh, defensive ends, and uh, he kept me in the league for about 10 years just because of I, I learned how to block. Mm-hmm. 
Very cool. Very cool. So the last one on the card back here, your 2003 scorecard mentioned, obviously at that point you, you were pictured in Tampa Bay gear and made mention of the Super Bowl run in 02. Um, how special, A, was it to capture a Lombardi trophy and just to do it, obviously, in that game, the Gruden Bowl and all, all that that meant? What was it like to put that kind of as the, the capper on the career, if you will? Yeah, it was great. You know, I had that seven-year run here in Indianapolis and went down to Tampa to kind of, you know, kind of finish out my career. And Gruden was uh, wanted to do uh, good things on the offense, brought some offensive players in, and uh, that defense was one of the best defensive teams ever. And uh, if, if Gruden could get the offense going, we, you know, we had a chance to uh, to play well that year and do some things. And second half of the season, that uh, offense finally clicked and made a great run with a. NFC Championship game in Philadelphia, then uh, closing it out with a uh, uh, Super Bowl victory win in San Diego versus the Raiders. But it was just one of those years that just kind of came together. A lot of uh, good things happened to us that year, and uh, it was it was just a great way to uh, finish out a year. Yeah, absolutely. So there it was interview with Ken Dilger. Like we mentioned, uh, he talked about Tupperware containers he has of cards in the in the garage in the basement, uh, and like he mentioned, the NFLPA they sent guys hundreds of each of their cards especially back then that was the junk era they produced so many cards so all these guys literally have hundreds and hundreds or thousands of cards laying around clearly he does and the interesting item he signed was the colts van there was like an indianapolis colts like van and he signed the hood of it like they would have players sign if they were in town for the appearance or what they, did they do with the van i guess someone drove it around indy <laughs> Just to represent, like it was legit the, someone's van. Just to represent the Colts, I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was cool when he talked about things he remembered, like standing on the sideline between like Peyton, Marvin Harrison, Falk. You know what I mean? He's like, okay, here I am. You know, <laughs> on this offense with like maybe one of the most loaded offenses ever. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. And he did. He contributed. He had he had a great career. So. uh as far as our buy it now, we like to talk about some of the items we can find online. Um, helmets, jerseys, there aren't a ton out there, actually, but you can still you can get one for 50 bucks. Yeah. Uh, a mini helmet, a jersey, you know, replica jersey. So there's that. Um, cardboard, we like talked about some, some of the better cards. And kind of like what he had mentioned, you know, he signed cards after being drafted or right around the draft. So he has card, rookie cards were in 1995. They can be found for a buck or so. Those signature rookies. And superior picks. You might remember those. Those were like the... I do remember superior remember picks. Remember those? Sure. And the guy would autograph, and it would say, like, one of, like, 27,312. <laughs> 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 it's like, wow, that's uh, great, I guess. Very exclusive. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so some fun stuff with Ken Dilger, man. It was a, it was a great interview. Uh, nice to talk to him. And that interview appeared on Sports Collectors Daily on the website a while back, so... Mr. Dilger, thank you for your time. Yes, sir. Love talking. I love and your service. That. And your service. <laughs> Absolutely. Next up, episode, what are we at? 36 next time around? 36. Super Bowl hero. One of Tom Brady's go-to guys in the slot back in the day, Danny Amendola. Oh! Yeah, nice solid. All right. Yeah. All right, Danny. We'll be waiting for you. Next up, Danny Amendola.